0: Hello, and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring and creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. My name's Mandy Sinclair, PR consultant and freelance writer, Tasting Marrakesh Food and Cultural Tours owner, and host of this podcast. As you sit back and listen, it's my hope that you'll leave feeling inspired to pay a visit or motivated to start planning that trip to the Kingdom of Morocco. For this week's episode, I met with Imad Damani in Casablanca for a tour of some of the modernist architecture throughout the city. Imad is an architect working in Casablanca and is also the president of the Mama Group, an organization that aims to protect modern architecture in Morocco. You may remember last year I interviewed Labib El Moumni, also from the Mama Group, on episode 7 of Why Morocco? about brutalist architecture in Morocco. Well now, the organization is gearing up to launch the modernist map to Casablanca, with 50 buildings including residential, commercial and government spaces throughout the city. Each map comes with a little booklet and will be available throughout Casablanca following the launch on the 8th of November and here's hoping that it will encourage people to travel to Casablanca and check out what's happening in the city. So let's listen in as Imad talks about exploring beyond the Art Deco downtown to find the modernist gems located throughout Casablanca.
1: Thank you for joining me, and I just want to tell uh, listeners that you, Imad, you're an architect based in Casablanca, but you're also the president of the association MAMA Group. So can you just tell listeners a little bit about yourself and also what MAMA Group is?
2: Yes, of course. So as you said, like I'm, uh, I am an architect, uh, so I was uh, studying in the School of Architecture of Casablanca, like my colleague, Habib Momni. Mm-hmm. So I graduated in 2015 uh, in an architecture school, and after, uh, I wanted to do some uh, experience abroad in architecture to see how architecture uh, was uh, made abroad and to get some uh, experience in the field. Mm-hmm. So I went uh, to Paris to work in, uh, in, a, in a big office so-called architecture studio. Which is a French-based uh, architecture office in Paris. And uh, uh, they are known for, for their emblematic buildings like uh, Lima, l'Institut du Mont-Arabe. With Jean Nouvel, and wow. also uh, the Parliament, the European Parliament, also. Wow.
1: So
2: uh, it's a it's a big office. So I was really uh, enthusiastic and thrilled to get some these six months of experience. And after that, uh, I get back to Morocco to work in, uh, in an architecture office called Mag Architecture, and work uh, since 2016 for three years. Amazing. So. Uh, that's the general thing about about me. Mm-hmm. So, in case of uh, Mama, it's uh, really funny because uh, I am uh, I was uh, working on my thesis before going abroad, and the subject was the Brutalism of Morocco. So I was really uh, concerned and I was really curious about uh, this uh, style of architecture in Morocco that was not really known, not really uh, recognized. And it was really a, a great thing. It impacts me uh, uh, when I see those buildings and this production of architecture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in my cities, I wanted to to dig little uh, much more to know this architecture and even more to know the historical context about this, this period. Uh, how this this period was was uh, constructed in Morocco and uh, who are the architects and uh, what is the, the, the context of historical, political, and economic about this production.
1: Wow, and what were your findings?
2: So I was really thrilled. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know that in Morocco we were like some iconic buildings of modern architecture. I was just seeing in magazines when I was a student of architecture. I was seeing just the international magazine of uh, buildings of uh, of Kanye Meyer or Frank Lloyd Wright or Le Corbusier who I was really inspired by this type of modern architecture mm-hmm. but I never uh, linked the reference with Morocco so when I was when I was uh, when I see uh, the first uh, uh, buildings of Morocco like the Vaco uh, Villa Suita uh, that nowadays is uh, Paul mm-hmm. and uh, and other buildings I was really amazed by this uh, by this production So I wanted to to know a little bit more and to study it and to know deeply about it.
1: And so yesterday when we met um, in Casablanca, before we did our tour, Labib said to me something like, um, brutalist architecture isn't necessarily modernist, but modernist architecture can be brutalist.
2: Uh, uh, As you know, uh, nowadays when when we see a modern architecture, Mm Nowadays it doesn't mean anything, because everything we can see is modern. It's modern house. it's modern... We don't see uh, the specificity of modern architecture like nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that is the, the first step. The second step is like... Brutalism was a continuity of, uh, of, uh, of the, the modern movement of architecture. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, movement, the modern movement was like created in the first early 20th century, by uh, non-architects like Le Corbusier, Adolf Luz, uh Frank Lloyd Wright, and a lot of architects. Mm-hmm. And, this, and they developed this this uh, dogma or this, this, this theory about modern architecture, how it should be. Like simple uh, uh, volumes, clear lines, uh, pure, pure aesthetic, and everything. So mm-hmm. that was the first thing about modernity. Brutalism came, came in the 50s and 60s because a new generation criticized this modern architecture before, that said that it was not related to the uh, context and to the culture and to the geography of of architecture all over the world. So Brutalism was like uh, a critique to the modern architecture. But in the story, it's a continuity, because Brutalist architecture, they employ all of the theories of modernism, like uh, structure, the clarity surfaces, Mm -hmm. uh, building clear volumes, Evolution than than modernism that came after, and they 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 bash everything about mo- modern movement. So for us, it's brutalism was more than continuity. Okay. But when we say, but when we say brutalism, uh, modern is not really linked to brutalism because mod- modern modern. Is linked to other styles. Also, we mm-hmm. can uh, we can link interna- the international style of Levan Van Rose and uh, and uh, and Philip Johnson. We can say mm-hmm. it's also a modern architecture. We can link also Le Corbusier and other styles, mm-hmm. but all generated through the modern architecture. But Porta was was the continuity of that.
1: Can you just tell us yeah. a little bit about what Mama is?
2: Yeah, actually, it's a cool name. <laughs>
1: it is a cool name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone, uh, catch this name because, like, uh, it's the symbolic of a mother. Also, mm-hmm. it's Italian, so it's uh, it's a catchy phrase. But actually, it's a symbol. It's a, it's a, it's a symbol analogy of, of uh, this period. Actually, uh, this period was really known. Uh, this, this generation of the the fifties was known uh, as the group Gamma. So the group Gamma was uh, a young generation of architects mm-hmm. who was uh, studied abroad uh, France generally, mm-hmm. and they came to Morocco to build uh, to build uh, Morocco from its infrastructure and all the buildings. Mm-hmm. So Michel Ecochard, the the urbanist, the French urbanist who came in Casablanca, uh, took this, the urbanism service and uh, created this group, Ma- the, the group of GAMA, Group des Architects Modernes Marocains. And with this group, there are a lot of modernist architects, like uh, uh, Elias Zagueri, Jean-François Devarco, uh, Henri, uh, Henri Pastemain, Louis Rio and other architects that was really making an impact to, to, to modernist Moroccan architecture. Mm-hmm. So as a memory for them, we call this MAMA, to call it memory of, uh, of, uh, of modern architecture of Morocco.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And so then, to really immortalize it, you're launching, through MAMA, you're launching a modernist map to Casablanca. So can you just tell me about um, modernist architecture in Casablanca and where the idea for the map came from?
2: Yes, of course. So uh, the modernist map was uh, what, for me as a a student, and also when I did my thesis, Mm -hmm. was like just an observation about the notion of uh, modern architecture heritage in Morocco and in Casablanca.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When we say Casablanca and we think about heritage and architecture, we are mainly thinking about the, the old Medina, and also we are thinking about the old European city that was, that was built in the era of protectorate, mm-hmm. in French protectorate. So we were thinking about the style of Art Deco, Art Nouveau, uh, Neo-Moresque. And other styles of architecture that was, that made a huge impact in Casablanca. Mm-hmm. So when I did my thesis, I was just asking, asking some questions: What happened after the independence? Uh, uh-huh. Is it like uh, is it like other architects that built Morocco after the independence, or was it happening? So I was really curious about it. So this map. Uh, was just uh, a continuity of the big, big publication, uh, book that was known of uh, uh, Jean-Lé Cohen and Monique Lebe, uh, mm-hmm. who, uh, who called Casablanca mitte figure d'une aventure urbaine. Mm-hmm. Who is this book? Is mainly focused to the the story of uh, Casablanca in the 20th century, but the era of Protectorates. Yeah. It was start like in the 55, the era of independence. Mm-hmm. So, the map, uh, we wanted to know uh, about what is happening uh, after the independence. So, and after our analyzing, we, 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 we found that there is a lot of modernist buildings built by this young generation of architects that came, uh, that came uh, from studying all over uh, the world and mm-hmm. built the Moroccan independence.
1: Amazing. And so who were some of the key architects working in Morocco um, post-Independence?
2: So uh, the key architects, there's a lot of key architects. But as you know, maybe a lot of people know Jean-François de is the most known Mm -hmm. of his architecture. As you can see, he built a lot of iconic buildings in Morocco, like Villa Suita as we said, uh, like the uh, station thermal of City Harazin. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's the bath thermal. We really know. Uh, yeah, uh,
3: beautiful. beautiful.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really, really beautiful. And uh, you have a lot of architects also uh, built in this period. Like Elias Laguerie, he was the fr- uh, the first uh, Moroccan uh, Jewish architect who was uh, who was uh, building here. Came to Morocco, and uh, you have also Beatriz uh, U Henri Itastema, Farabi de Mazieres, uh, Gaston Jobert. Lot of architects, but in general, they were like fifteen to twenty architects. And then, uh,
1: and, then and then, when were, was the modernist architecture boom in Casablanca? What years was it really booming?
2: So it's really interesting because uh, it was really booming Moroccan uh, modernism. Uh, if you make, we make after the independence, mm-hmm. uh, Casablanca was really. Uh, a modernist architecture known for the style of Art Deco and Art Nouveau and every, every style. So mm-hmm. basically, Morocco is really dense city and full city. Uh, it was not really, uh, they were not really developing much, as much as other cities. Okay. So, so in the project, they, they were really focusing in Casablanca and other major, minor cities, but Casablanca was the, like the, the, the big point and the huge point of Morocco. Mm-hmm. So after this actors have this huge responsibility to build all, all Morocco, and you know the 60s and the 70s, this generation had to build and equip uh, the country from all it needs, like I'm talking about schools, public facilities, yeah. universities, housing, schools, and everything. And it was like just a young generation of 15 to 20 to build all over Morocco. So wow. It was a huge responsibility, but. Uh, as we know, uh, the, the most iconic uh, production of this uh, this activity was in Agadir. So Agadir, as everybody knows, uh, had this tragedy of the earthquake in the 1960, mm-hmm. and uh, the tragedy killed like nearly 15,000 people of, of Agadiri people. Mm-hmm. So uh, the city uh, was like really uh, in, in urge and need to be reconstructed and reborn. So. Our king at that time, uh, Mohammed V, launched uh, uh, just after three days of the of the of the earthquake, the rebuilding and the reconstruction of the city. Wow.
3: So the
2: statues reborn from their ashes. And this, this a huge responsibility of this of this of this task led a young Moroccan architect who called Moroccan Bark, who was just 26 years old. He was just. A, French, uh, a fresh uh, uh, diplomat uh, architect, and he has this huge responsibility to lead wow. a team of architects that built uh, Agadir in the 60s.
1: Amazing.
2: Yeah. And uh, in the, in the um, parallel, you have also Rabat. Rabat and Agadir were yes. the most iconic cities of brutalism and modernist buildings. Mm-hmm. Rabat, Rabat, also, uh, you can see a lot of administ- administrative uh, buildings. You mm-hmm. have schools, universities, and also other cities like Tangier and Fes.
1: Yeah, that is true. Yeah, there are a lot of brutalists in the downtown core of Rabat, isn't it?
2: The school of Rabat. Uh, yeah, actually, when you mentioned the Rabat, uh, you know the school of Chicago, like um, school of Chicago mm-hmm. in, in, in the 20th, uh, 1920 yeah. was known for a young generation who... who who built in Chicago uh, the the modernity of the, all over Chicago. So uh-huh. there is a historian who called Thierry Nadeau, who uh, who, uh, who, who, re- who writes an article about about this generation in the book uh, Architecture Francaise outre mm-hmm. and they call this generation École de Rabat, the School of Rabat. okay. So, yeah, the School of Rabat, because... Mainly, all the artists that came in from Rabat, first of all, they were all inhabiting uh, in Rabat, apart from Azagiri and Zebako. But uh-huh. also, you can see there is a, a big unity in their architecture. You can see it's like a huge movement of modernist architecture, not, any, uh, not nobody doing whatever you want.
3: Uh-huh.
2: It was a huge movement, and there was a strong unity of modernist architecture.
1: And so, you're producing this modernist map to Casablanca, and you include uh, residential, commercial, uh, government buildings. Can you tell me a little bit more about the map?
2: Yes, of course. So actually the map is showcasing uh, mainly um, the, the production uh, of the Moroccan, uh, of Casablanca architecture, mm-hmm. uh, mainly from the 40s to the 80s, okay. like uh, after, like before and after the independence, and it was a huge era and period of production of modernist uh, architecture. So after like a big, uh, we t- it took us like one year to find all the archives and research all the data about mm-hmm. who is the architect, who is the localization, what style of it. Mm-hmm. So it was really uh, a huge task for us to search. Mm-hmm. Because in Casablanca, there aren't a lot of modernist buildings in the 50s and 60s. As, you say, as I said to you, it was mainly building in other cities. Mm-hmm. So it was like fi- uh, like finding a treasure in Casablanca.
3: Yeah.
2: It was really, really uh, <laughs> interesting. When we see a modernist building, ah, it's interesting. So we have to, to take a picture, we have to go to the archive or go to mm-hmm. uh, libraries or archives or mm-hmm. everything to find some data and research.
1: Amazing. and to, yeah. And from it you've pulled together 50 of your favorite buildings throughout Casablanca, is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah, of course. We have like a selection of 70 to 80 buildings.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: when when uh, when we are thinking about the production of the map, we we weren't uh, do just uh, a lot of selection of all the buildings uh, that not not having a huge impact and they are not iconic in okay. the city. Mm-hmm. So we reduced it to 50.
0: Okay, just a quick time out, because if you're keen to explore Morocco, let me tell you about SunTrails, a private tour operator based in Marrakesh. I've had the pleasure of being both a paying customer on a holiday through the south of Morocco, but also just traveling with Chris, because he is a friend after all. That aside, Chris is genuinely passionate about discovering the hidden gems dotting the country, and meeting people like architects and musicians undertaking interesting initiatives. He then puts all of this together in an itinerary for guests who are looking for more than just a standard tour of Morocco. He's been on the podcast twice, so if you want to find out more, check out episode one and episode 19, or get in touch with me via mandyandmorocco.com and I'll happily put you in touch.
1: And so yesterday when we did the tour, we went to the Glass House which is yeah. your favorite building included on the map. Can you tell listeners a little bit about the glass house and where it's located? Yeah, of course. Actually, the glass house, when I saw it the first time, I was really amazed. Because uh, <laughs> uh, it's
2: between the first uh, buildings of Vaco in the 50s. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was built uh, to uh, a client who called Rosilio, Rosilio mm-hmm. Villa Rosilio. Okay. And the, From what what we heard, it uh, it was never inhabited, Like the claim never inhabited the house. It was just built and left alone. So uh, there's been about what I call like Glasgow because you can see from the outside a big uh, wall of glass, uh, brick uh, glass, uh, brick glass wall. So it's really interesting. And when you see this villa, uh, it's an abstract building. Like uh, you cannot define what is going inside because Uh, For me, when I saw it, it's like uh, a reference to Russian Constructivism because it was uh, it was uh, a game of planes and lines and abstract planes. Mm -hmm. That it was really interesting about this house, and so we were really really enjoyed that maybe this house could be saved or maybe protected because nowadays not even single of the 50 buildings that we were trying to to list and and to showcase to the people, not any buildings were listed or protected.
1: Oh, wow. And all around it are construction sites and high-rises, so here's hoping that for your work.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's the difficult part. Everything nowadays, the, the zone is turning to... To building of uh, three, three floors. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's, uh, only villa standing there, it's this glass So we're really afraid about uh, the demolition, maybe of this villa in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And so let's talk about the modernist style because when we, you know, there, Casablanca is known for its Art Deco downtown and the Moorish Art Deco style that came out that incorporates some Moroccan traditional arts and crafts like the zellige, that type of thing. It, like when the architects were working in Morocco on the modernist style buildings, were were any special touches added to the buildings that they created? Anything that really denotes a um, modernist building in Morocco?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it's interesting question. Uh, like uh, Moroccan modernism, when it's built, it's fascinating because what we know brutalism, uh, mm-hmm. the notion of brutalism, uh, it's widely known in the 50s and 60s by all over the world. What mm-hmm. we call brutalism and or modernism, we can see all over the world this production. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of pioneer architects who built this this theory about brutalism, uh, like the Smithsons. Uh, in 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 Great Britain, mm-hmm. when they uh, the first uh, invent this, this word brutalism, like as a as an empirical game, so they they built uh, Hansom School in in London, uh, that described the, the the veracity, the the truth about architecture, the honesty about architecture. But also, you, you have also a pioneer architect who called Le Corbusier, mm-hmm. who, is, who like massively spread the word by, by, uh,
3: by uh, the word Beton Brut. So, Beton Brut, it's raw concrete. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, this word spread all over the world and every country built brutalism. Mm-hmm. But, as you can see, brutalism is really specific and very interesting part. The specificity of Moroccan brutalism is that it, this generation was not just copying stylistically? This architecture was not just doing uh, raw concrete mm-hmm. structure, appearance, structure, and everything, but they were really adapting to the to the to the local and cultural need of Morocco, to the tradition. For instance, as you see, uh, without the postal the fossil uh, yeah. tree center of the uh, de Matiel, you mm-hmm. can see as you see it's like. A big, huge, massive, brutalist building. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the facade, uh, you can see the facades are covered with blue local dilige of ceramic that mark the Moroccan influence. I don't Mm -hmm. want to to say identity, because identity for me and maybe for us is always evolving. Influence was like something uh, you see maybe from your, your, your culture, uh-huh. and you have to, to make it more contemporary and more modern to evolve.
1: It's true. I do see in brutalist buildings across Morocco the use of the zellige tile work in different blue, green, but also I see woodwork often incorporated in Moroccan brutalist.
2: Yeah, of course. There is a lot of interesting woodwork, woodwork and also some uh, stonework as you can see in the in the villa of Debaco its own villa you mm-hmm. can see some uh, the, 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 the the wall is all covered with with uh, with uh, stone and also the villa la villa Ronde or la villa Camembert yeah. they built it by uh, the german architect ebert mm-hmm. uh, the the wall of the periphery was built by the stones and these stones was a reference of the of the of the periphery of uh, the ducala of Casablanca Oh. Because in Casablanca, in the village, in the rural buildings, they are covering their, their houses with this stone. So that is interesting part about modernist architecture in Morocco. They are always reinterpreting, and also they are always influenced by this tradition. Mm-hmm. But but also what is important also they are adapting this architecture to the climate also. So when you can see the market of Rida Gadir, as we can see, it's huge. Market of tobacco. You can see this parasol was really uh, with raw concrete, but the box shops were really inspired by the souk, by the Moroccan souk, like tiny shops uh-huh. with narrow streets. Mm-hmm. You can feel the atmosphere of the souk, but not in a yeah. more modern way.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. Touching yes. on the the post office distribution center, um, you also when we visited, we also saw some of the artworks installed on the exterior of the building. Yeah. And I understand there were some brutalist um, hotels that were built, and they had artworks by Mellahi. And this particular building, the post office distribution center, which is included on the map, has artworks by the artist Shabbai. Is that is that something that is quite standard or that was a touch in Moroccan modernist architecture to include artwork?
2: Yes, yes, of course. Uh, especially the two architects, Farahwe and Dunadir, they are really more focused in uh, in the integration of architecture and art, and art and craftsmanship. So if you can see uh, all of the Buildings that they made, especially the touristic ones, the hotels in the south mm-hmm. or in the north, you can see a lot of work of wood, uh, of the, of uh, wood panels, of tiles, of uh, of uh-huh. the, of uh, stone. Yeah, and you can see this uh, what is called, for me, the integration, the integration of art uh, to the to the to the goal of construction.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And as I said to you, maybe I I, I made this difference to the Bauhaus. Uh, ideology, yeah, like, like all the the art of construction and uh, and craftsmanship uh, has to be uh, uh, towards uh, architecture, so you can have this unity of art and architecture.
1: It's amazing! It's such a cool building, and that's one that um, visitors who have a copy of the map could go and see from the outside because it's still operational as the post office distribution, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a lot of buildings that operational that you can visit uh, mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is that? This is the important part. So in the matter, focusing on buildings that were not really uh, photographed, but also uh, uh, nobody knows uh, the existence of this building. Yeah. You know, uh, like the Wadi's the, Market. Like nobody knows that maybe it's from the backer. Mm-hmm. So every every Sunday I go there to see the markets, and it's really, really
1: oh, wow. interesting. And, and yeah. so a lot of these, like I know, for example, um, the uh, Villa Zavaco, which is also sometimes known as Villa Suiza, but it's now houses the Shea Paul uh, Cafe. So visitors can actually go in that. That's actually one of my favorite buildings in Casablanca. Um, Villa Camembert I was in because but they have a special event, so I'm not sure that it's typically open to the public. But something like the market on the Rue de Agadir, Um these buildings are open and people can go in and explore some of them that are included on the map, is that correct?
2: Yes, of course. The, uh, like, mainly the, all the buildings are tourists and visitors can, can, uh, can visit them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that's something which we mentioned in the map that there is some private uh, villas also, yeah. which would be more difficult for, for tourism, tourists, maybe or for people to to. But maybe you can see the fabad outside, or maybe mm-hmm. you can you can arrange some some uh, uh, meeting with the client that ha- inhabited there, that would was really cool. Mm-hmm. We were really glad and we were really joyful about uh, the opening of the villa Camembert in the last Ramadan.
1: Yeah, it was so, amazing. It
2: was really. Yeah, it was really amazing. And you know what? There is a mythical story about this villa, because oh. any, any, uh, everybody thought about this villa that it's turning around herself. You know, uh-huh. like uh, they have to call, call, uh, the call uh, place and the villa turns round, it's around, it's, they, 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 uh, it's turned around herself. Uh-huh. Because it's a myth, you know, because nobody has a chance to visit to visit the villa. Uh-huh. But when people visit the villa, they discover yes. uh, this myth was not true, but uh, but also they discovered the, the, the richness of this villa, which was really avant-garde in the 60s.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I, I actually came to Casablanca specifically to go to the, the art exhibition and take the tour that they were offering um, during Ramadan in 2018 so that I could see the building. It was just such a special moment. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to talk about neighborhoods, because here in Casablanca, um, the downtown's really known for its Art Deco, kind of actually it's an open-air architectural museum. Um, but there's also an area called California, which we discovered together, and that's also where Villa Camembert is. So can you just tell me about this neighborhood? Because it seems that's where a lot of the modernist villas still stand today.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, when when you mentioned Casablanca, was known for a lot of districts. Uh, mm-hmm. Casablanca in the independence was mentioned, mainly built, especially in downtown. There's no other uh, extension about, about downtown of Casablanca. But uh, as you can see in the first master plan that uh, that was done by Henri Prost, who was a French urbanist, mm-hmm. second urban Michel Ecochard. Uh, they they were organizing the city about two axes: the east of Casablanca. Was, uh, will be uh, will be focused on the industry, mm-hmm. the economic side, yep. but also the social uh, health of workers. The downtown will be mainly to mm-hmm. the business side, mm-hmm. but in the west side, when the the the, the wind and where the, the the trees are are really really uh, uh, great there, they they make the west side from leisure and to the individual housing.
3: So okay. That's
2: the organization of the city.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And in the west side, uh, one of the neighbors, the most known neighborhood was called California.
3: Uh-huh.
2: California, maybe I don't know this. This is what is called California. Maybe to the to the Californian, uh, uh, Californian state of U.S. Mm-hmm. But the, what what is interesting is in the fifties and after the project was uh, Moroccan uh, Moroccan clients and Moroccan uh, businessmen. Wanted to build a modern house and a modern house of living, like a new lifestyle. And yeah. they were really inspired by the architect, who was really also uh, attentive to what is producing uh, abroad, especially in the in the, in the U.S. So uh, one of the, as you can see, one of the most iconic houses there is Villa Schulman And when you can see this villa, it's really a direct influence to Risha-Nutra uh, houses in California. Wow. So, uh, that's what, what what we call Californian style. Uh-huh. Because, uh, first of all, Casablanca and Los Angeles, California, were in the same uh, line of the equator. So we have the same climate, you know? Ah. So these architects were really inspired also by how this architecture can adapt to the climate. That's why they were really inspired by these modern houses.
1: Okay Is the map going to be available And where can listeners buy a copy?
2: Yeah That's the the harsh part (laughs) Uh So uh, First of all I invite uh, uh, Cordially everybody Mm -hmm. To the official launch of the map That Mm -hmm. will be held In 8 and 9 November 2019 Mm -hmm. Uh, And it will be held In uh, La Coupole In the uh, Parc La Ligarate so Which was, it would be a huge, uh, huge event. In a side, with guided tours in Casablanca to, to show this Moroccan modernist production, and also uh, some exhibition, and also a conference to discuss the process of the of the production of the map. Uh, first of all, the map will be displayed here, so mm-hmm. everybody can to buy it uh, uh, from 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 the event mm-hmm. at uh, at uh, the conference. But also, I can recommend everybody to follow us in our our website, uh, mamagroup.org, group or mm-hmm. in our social media.
1: Well, I am certainly marking my calendars for November eighth uh, and ninth because. Based on what you told me, there's going to be private visits inside these villas that I'm keen to see inside some of the buildings, the post office distribution, hopefully. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to the event and I'm just so excited about what you guys are doing and the efforts to really try to, to bring awareness and conserve the architecture that you have here in Casablanca.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're really happy that you will be there
1: Well, thank you so much, Imad, for your, your time today and yesterday and taking me out and seeing like what your city has to offer on the modernist front
2: Yeah, it, it was a pleasure for us and uh, you, you, are, you are free to, to come wherever you, you, you want to Casablanca kind of like to thank see you. another site, another building
1: yeah. Absolutely, thank you
0: If you're a fan of getting off the tourist trail and planning to be in Marrakech, join us for one of our Tasting Marrakech food and cultural tours. On our Tasting Marrakech Giliz tour, we explore some of the 20th century architecture in Marrakech, stop at some of our favourite art galleries housed in Art Deco Gems, and wander through parks and religious buildings that surprise visitors who dare to venture beyond the Marrakech Medina. We chat history, eat street food, and shop. You know, some of my favourite things. But don't just take it from me. Condé Nast Traveler recently included this tour on its roundup of 10 cool things to do in Marrakech. Our website is tasting-marrakech.com for more details. That's Marrakech with a ch. All of our tours are private and bespoke, so we take you only to the places that interest you. But for now, it's time to say see you in two weeks when I'll be back in the studio. In the meantime, if you want to discuss a collaboration or partnership, please feel free to get in touch via my website, mandyandmorocco.com. And if you're a fan of Why Morocco, I would be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on your favorite channel or spread the love by sharing on your social media networks. Just don't forget to tag me at Mandy Morocco so I can be sure to thank you for helping me share my love of Morocco.